When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Warning. You're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Live. Thanksgiving is fast approaching. And if you lived in Fort Parnell, you would undoubtedly know it. We have a thing around here when holidays approach, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, or anytime we have company over to the house where Commander Melanie takes full control. Now, I mean, she's called the commander for a reason. So generally speaking, she's in charge. But we ratchet that up times a thousand when people are coming over to the house. So we have this thing. We got, again, five crazy kids here all the time. Uh, but we have this thing in this house called rampage cleaning where Melanie gets on a roll. Now she's not angry, but she's on a mission. She's laser focused to get the house ready. We got, like I said, we got 22, 23, I don't know, 25 people coming over for Thanksgiving. And uh, we've, been, we've been planning for it, I swear, for the past five or six days. And you can always tell the closer we get to actual Thanksgiving, the 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 we ratchet up the intensity and the rampage cleaning gets more intense. And you can always tell by the pitter patter of her feet. They get heavier on the floor. So she's very small um, and tiny and doesn't have a very large stride. So you can hear her upstairs. You know, when she's ratcheting up the intensity, the quick thump, 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 thump of her feet, you know, you know what's coming. And so it's been a very intense day as we prep for Thanksgiving, but all in a good way, actually, because things are coming together nicely and it's, it's awesome. We have all the, all the kids around for all of this stuff. And, um, you know, they, they always tell me how excited they are to have their family and friends over, uh, or primarily just family, but their family over for, for Thanksgiving. It really is a great time of year. And we have in America, despite Joe Biden being the commander in chief, um, we have so much to be thankful for. It doesn't mean we're always going to have it. That's why we do this show. We have to fight for the, to keep the things that we have and to improve this country for the better for our children moving forward. But it still doesn't mean that we should not be thankful. Um, so much about life is is just being grateful for the things that you have. And yeah, I feel like the human mind, and believe me, I speak from experience. I mean, I've told you multiple times that the, the road to all of my successes in life have been paved with failures. Um, but, you know, it's even even in those failures, I think it's important to just take a couple steps back, take a deep breath, recognize that we live in the greatest country on the face of the planet, and just to take stock in where we are. And I said the human mind has your unique proclivity to focus on the negative uh, while simultaneously discarding the positive. And I think it's it's good that every now and again to just be conscious about taking stock in the positive things that you have in your life. And believe me when I tell you, even when things are absolute garbage or it feels like horrible, so you life it could not get any worse. Believe me, one, 
learned this from the United States infantry being on the front lines in Afghanistan. I, I despise when people say, ah, don't worry about it. It could be worse. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I know it could get worse. It can always get worse. Um, but two, you know, just be conscious about recognizing the positive things that you have in your life and just be grateful and be humble and be self-effacing. And, you know, we're, if you're a God person, if you believe in a higher power, which everyone here in Fort Parnell does, just, you know, thank God every now and again for the great things that we have. Um, I, I think that's very important. Um, don't be like a commie mouth breathing leftist who believes in nothing but the state. <laughs> that's a very terrible, soulless way to live. And we are not crazy, commie, radical leftists. That's not who we are in Battleground Live. Um, also, we started rolling out yesterday. This is just a couple admin items before we get to the show. We started rolling out yesterday shorts, like what I mean, short form content, because I am basically shadow banned on every platform controlled by radical mouth breathing leftists. So the only platforms that I'm not shadow banned on are Twitter uh, or now X and here at Rumble. And you'll notice that on Rumble, my everything does very, very well. And on Twitter, things do very, very well as well, because there's no algorithm that crushes conservatives. And it's it's pretty awesome. Um, but so what we started to do was release short form content on all of our platforms. You'll see new what we call reels. If you're on Instagram, they're called reels. But short form content, very short videos between 30 seconds and one minute of clips from this show integrated with B-roll and things like that so that you all as loyal, loyal soldiers of Parnell's platoon can share these things on your own social media. And that way, even if I am banned, set shadow banned on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and other places, uh, it doesn't matter as much because if you all are sharing uh, those very you know, easily consumable clips of content from Battleground Live, it helps the show grow. So a new mission for everybody in the audience is to do everything you can to share those clips, whether you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, share them to your, to your audience, to your family, to your friends on Facebook or wherever you are. And that will help the show grow and it will help defeat these radical, commie, mouth-breathing leftist shadow bands, by the way, which should be illegal. I mean, frankly, when I was writing books and I get lots of messages uh, uh, from people about these books. And yes, because primarily I do the show now, uh, but I actually have five books out. I have Outlaw Platoon, which is a nonfiction book, which I wrote in 2012. Now that book is out in something like 10 countries. It's, it's crazy. But I also have four fiction books that are military, political type thrillers, and I've got four of them out right now. So that's but while I was doing that, I would pay for advertising and pay to grow my social media followings in the hopes that I could sell more books, just like any responsible author would do. And to shadow ban after people who have invested money into your company to advertise and grow kind of seems like fraud to me. Like if they could just press a button and shadow ban you just because they disagree with the way that you think, that's kind of a terrible thing. Um, it's on a, on a on a similar note. You know how I always make the point how you can be a radical, commie, mouth breathing leftist and work in the White House and have no political skill, or be somebody like Joe Biden who spent 50 years in Washington but never actually built a small business, never actually spent any real time raising your children uh, or committing yourself to a marriage or paying or having to earn money every week and stressed out on paying the mortgage. These people end up finding themselves these you know, executive board positions at either 
defense lobbying companies like Raytheon or Lockheed Martin or some of these massive, massive global Fortune 500 companies uh, like Airbnb. Ron, Ron Klain, the former White House chief of staff, is now going to be the chief legal officer for Airbnb. And it's just that how do these no talent ass clowns with no discernible skills whatsoever go to being on the boards or working in high level executive positions at companies where they have absolutely no experience in? You know, Jay Carney, I think, went to go, who's uh, Obama's chief of staff at the White House. No, no, he was press secretary for uh, for Obama, went to go be on the board of Amazon or work some high level position on Amazon. But if you're a conservative like me, you get shadow banned and you <laughs> it's like it's a lot harder road. Let's just say that. And so um, anyways, uh, these shorts will help share the share them for me. It will help the show grow. Um, okay, so let me just get to some some quick stories here. We had two uh, just today very, very massive election integrity victories. And the reason why I'm talking about this is somebody, Charlie, in the live chat yesterday had mentioned, uh, it had said something to me uh, based on the segment that I did about the 350,000 votes being subtracted in real time, which we don't really have an answer for yet. And again, there might be an answer for this stuff. And, and I'm willing to hear the Pennsylvania Secretary of State out on it. I, I'm not saying this is some that I'm willing to listen is my point. Um, but he was saying, I've just come to the conclusion that all elections are rigged and my vote's going to get stolen. And and this country, it, it, what do we do to fix it? And I thought about that a lot, Charlie, and, and your comment really affected me because so much of my life since I've been in the public eye after running for political office is one, experiencing exactly what it's like to have an election stolen from you. Um, it, it's tough on a lot of ways that most people in the media couldn't possibly understand. And I'll just say very quickly, you, you take time off of work, you run for political office, you're doing five hours of what I called call time a day, where you're basically picking up the phone, calling people, cold calling people. And if any of you all have worked in sales, um, you know how difficult this is, but you're cold calling people and asking them for money to support your campaign. And then you're out there, if you're doing it right, doing three, four, five, six events a day, trying to build support for your campaign. Um, you're hiring staff. You're trying to build a volunteer base, quite literally building a movement. And we worked our asses off to do that. And then to have these radical commie mouth breathing leftists steal it. I mean, that, that's I, I, I've been an athlete all my life. You know, whether it's baseball, wrestling, ice hockey, and then, you know, competing at the highest level for life or death in combat in the U.S. Army, in the infantry, I know how to lose and lose graciously. It's an important part of life. I've lost a lot in life. But when cheating happens and when something is stolen, there, there's something that's deeply, deeply wrong about that. And if we don't spend a little time to right this ship, the stealing, the cheating, the rigging will just get worse. And and this is, again, what I appreciate so much about President Trump, because he look, there have been conservatives that they're like, oh, my God, please just can we move on from 2020? This is what I love about President Trump. And I've said it before, but at any given time when he was president, you had Republicans and Democrats disliking him in the Oval Office. And that's exactly what it means to be a leader. It means if you're saying and doing things and making people happy all of the time, you're probably a very ineffective leader because anyone that's been in a management position or in an executive leadership position or in command in the military knows that if you're not pissing people off every now and again, you're not doing your job as a leader. And that's what I like about President Trump. 
Sometimes being a leader means not being popular, but standing next to that river of truth and saying, no, I don't care if this isn't popular. We need to fix this because our this, we need to fix our broken election systems because the soul of our country is on the line. And he hasn't backed down from that since 2020. In fact, he's been relentless on it. Um, but we had two major election integrity uh, victories here uh, very, very recently. And Newsweek uh, had an article, federal judge appointed by Obama just ruled against voting machines in Georgia. Um, and the article goes on to say, let me see if I can pull up an image of it here. I'll just read to you the beginning of the article. It said, U.S. District Judge Amy Totenberg issued a 135-page ruling last Friday in the long-running lawsuit, long-running lawsuit seeking to rid Georgia of its electronic voting machines in favor of hand-marked paper ballots. The lawsuit filed by individual voters and election security advocacy group, the Coalition for Good Governance, argues that the machine's cybersecurity laws violate the constitutional rights of voters to cast their votes and have those votes accurately counted. In a footnote of the ruling, Totenberg said that the evidence in the case does not suggest, does not suggest that the plaintiffs are conspiracy theorists in of any variety. Indeed, some of the nation's leading cybersecurity experts and computer scientists have provided testimony and affidavits on behalf of the plaintiff's case in the long course of this litigation. There you go. Thank you, David, for putting that up there. That's the article. Go ahead and check it out and read it for yourself. Uh, but folks, and Charlie, speaking to you specifically and anybody else that's deeply concerned about our elections, we asked about what we can do to take our country back and how we can weather the storm of all the cheating that happens in our elections, because it, it does happen. And the Democrats have been doing this for a long time. Um, but what we can do is be relentless in the court systems. I told you yesterday I had a, a cases, a couple of cases at the United States Supreme Court uh, at multiple levels here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania on election integrity. Some were victorious, some were not. But even in those instances where we are not victorious, we still have to be relentless in pursuit of whatever mission that we have to reform the way that we conduct elections here. And part of the issue for conservatives is that we don't have a singular group that does this. You have Harmeet Dillon, who's out in Los Angeles with the Dillon Law Group that does lots of amazing stuff on election integrity. And then you have Wally Zimalong, who is out in the southeast of Philadelphia that does lots of amazing stuff with regards to election integrity. And then you have, of course, America First Action, uh, the America First Institute, which, of course, driven by President Trump. But all of these groups pale in comparison to the money and the, the resources that the Democrats throw against all things elections in America. The Elias Law Group, Mark Elias, and of course, Mark Elias is the, you know, helped concoct the Fusion GPS Russia collusion hoax, helped create that. But the Elias Law Group and the Democracy Docket, go ahead and look them up. They are funded by over $500 million in dark money. And dark money is basically money that we don't know where it comes from. And all he does, and I mean all he does in all 50 states with a special focus on swing states is focus on election integrity lawsuits, lawsuits that would benefit, benefit Democrats at the ballot box. And he also focuses on redistricting and making sure that when redistricting happens, it benefits Democrats. He did that in Pennsylvania. The new map, even though the media said it was essentially fair, it is not fair. The new map is great for Democrats, even though 
the number of GOP members of Congress in the state of Pennsylvania and the number of Democrat congressmen in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, representatives, men and women, uh, is, is very similar. It's about even he made sure that the Democrats who did have a district drawn in the state of Pennsylvania would never lose their seat ever unless they lost in a primary. But this is I mean, you have to think. Everything that the Democrats do is funneled through democracy docket, which is why they're so effective at doing this stuff. So what the Republicans need is their own version of democracy docket with $500 million of dark money and the best damn lawyers in the country who are like pit bulls in the courtroom on this stuff. We do that, Charlie, and everyone else in the live chat that's 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 worried about elections, if Republicans can figure out a way to get off their asses and stop being complacent and hope that the problem solves itself, we will solve these issues in this country. My fear is, is that the Democrats will fundamentally transform this country before Republicans get off their asses. That's a fear that I have, but not if Trump has anything to do with it. Um, also, Oh, let me talk very quickly about the, the the voting machine lawsuit and the precedent that it sets. I think that this lawsuit in Georgia, now this is a federal lawsuit, right? So it's not a state lawsuit. It's a federal lawsuit. I believe, now I'm not a lawyer, but uh, you know, I stayed in the Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> I've got experience doing these, these um, election lawsuits and worked with plenty of, of lawyers on this stuff over time. But it, you don't have to be a lawyer to know that this lawsuit sets a, pres a precedent nationwide in every state for the removal of voting machines. And now Republican lawyers, you know, Harmeet Dillon, Wally Zimalong, uh, folks who are watching this show, now you can file lawsuits and, say, and cite this case law in our own state saying, hey, look, if, if voting machines were struck down here in Georgia as, as unconstitutional, as a threat to somebody's vote. It, citing you know cybersecurity issues, well, we should do the same in Pennsylvania. And somebody should take up a lawsuit, uh, fund, fund the lawyers to do it, take up a lawsuit, and do just that. Um, but also out of Georgia, President Trump did a, a, um, a video on this today, and so much of this stuff broke just before the show. So when that happens, I feel like I have a duty and responsibility to get you this stuff that breaks <laughs> so that you make sure that you have the most up-to-date information when we're live. Uh, but President Trump dropped a video today, Fulton County, Atlanta. Now, Fulton County is one of the most uh, is one of the worst areas with regards to election fraud in the country. Fulton County acknowledges that thirty six hundred ballots from the 2020 election audit were duplicated. This discrepancy has been turned over to the G uh, to the uh, attorney general for for investigation. Uh, obviously, I told you that Trump released a, a video on it. He called it massive voter corruption. Remember that in 2020, the machine count indicated that Biden won Georgia by 12,670 ballots. The machine recount narrowed that amount, showing Biden winning by only 11,779. The point is, is that these machines cannot be trusted. I've talked about this for the last couple of days, that there has been bipartisan consensus on ridding America of these voting machines precisely because they are not secure at all. And so there is hope. Republicans just have to be relentless. Folks, I, I, I cannot emphasize this strongly enough. It is always darkest before the dawn. If you're a Republican and you're out there thinking, well, how are we supposed to win when Democrats cheat? It's a valid concern. 
but you cannot quit. This country is on the line. The future of this country for our children and our grandchildren is on the line, and we can't afford to break contact. So our only choice is to be relentless about this, fight in the courts. And, and as I, you heard it here first, folks, but I personally believe that the farther we get away from the 2020 election, the more stuff will come out about it. We've already seen so much come out about the 2020 election that anybody that's paying attention knows that that election was not conducted on the up and up. Even if the only thing you believe that the intelligence, our intelligence agencies here in America, uh, their involvement in the 2020 election and suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop, I mean, changed the quite literally changed the outcome of the election. I've seen multiple polls now that say that if Americans actually knew the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop and it was actually reported on fairly upwards of 7 percent of people in this country nationwide would have changed their vote. And remember that the 2020 presidential race was. I mean, decided by, I think, 44,000 votes across three swing states. So 7% would have shifted the vote by a fairly significant margin. And so even if that's the only thing that you believe, then then you believe the 2020 election wasn't on the up and up. And so um, this stuff matters. And, uh, you know, and again, like you've got Republicans out there, establishment Republicans. Oh, we shouldn't talk about what happened in 2020. We should only be forward looking. Well, guess what? I, I can walk and chew gum at the same time. We've got to deal with 2020. We've got to figure that out to improve election integrity going forward because it will just keep happening. Um, OK, let me just thank Deepwell uh, and Cabot Guns. They're founding sponsors of this program. I've got to mention them because they believe in me when no one else did. And anytime you have a relationship uh, whether it's with a company or a person like that in your life, you should always, always, always be loyal and honor the and honor those people. Because when people are with you, when times are very, very bad, those are the people that you should trust as 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 good friends. Um, and so, Deepwell and Cabot Guns are that to me. And so, DeepwellServices.com, CabotGuns.com. Deepwell Services is hiring. They're a great American drilling company. They've got locations all over the country. They are growing a lot. So even if you don't want to be a green hat on an oil field and get your ass kicked every day on a rig, which I get it, that's real physical, tough work. But those guys can make $250,000 in five years by staying on Deepwell's educational track. Um, even if that's not for you, they're hiring all throughout their office. So check them out at deepwellservices.com. Let them know that I sent you over there or you heard of their company from me. That will help me a lot. Um, also, Cabot Guns. Um, they are by far the best 1911s in the country. They have also got a tactical model called the Apocalypse. They're rolling out all cool like, oh, so many cool uh, handguns, um, but they're all made in America. Best pistol in America, cabotguns.com. Check them out. Um, OK, so let's pivot right to the DeSantis campaign, because uh, news broke just on NBC News today. Uh, and again, it's NBC News. So believe what you want about this. Uh, but I'm, this is my job to let you know what's going on here. Um, but the title of this article on NBC News is Ron DeSantis team was going after Nikki Haley. They turned on each other instead. And I'll read you this article. Apparently, there's chaos on the DeSantis campaign. Um, and folks, just so you all know, any time that, that a campaign is not going well, if the culture on that campaign isn't solid, and, and culture is set by leaders, leaders set the tone for any organization. It's ultimately the candidate's responsibility to set the tone, lead by example, and establish a culture that's not only of a, a, a winning culture, um, but 
but one where people in trying times, there's not a circular firing squad. So to me, you know, I look at running a, a campaign like being a commander in the military, everything that that happens or fails to happen on that campaign falls at the feet of the candidate. They're the chairman and CEO of the candidate. Um, so to me, this just give you a sense of where I, where I look to, to lay the, the blame here. I, I lay the blame at the feet of, of Ron DeSantis. And I don't, I don't mean that in a negative way, but ultimately he's responsible, right? He's a military guy. He should get that. Um, but the article goes on to say leaders of Ron DeSantis never back down. Super PAC met privately last Tuesday to hash out a strategy for fighting Nikki Haley's rise in the polls. Instead, two of them nearly came to blows. Jeff Rowe, the top consultant for the Super PAC got into a heated argument with longtime DeSantis confidant Scott Wagner, while a small group of nine board members and senior staff were discussing budgeting. You got kids around. Go ahead and throw up the earmuffs. Um, I'm quoting here again from NBC News. So take it with a grain of salt. Maybe it happened. Maybe it didn't. Um, but it's fun to report on. Right. Um, you have a stick up your ass, Scott. Rowe fumed at Wagner, who is a member of Never Back Down Board. Why don't you come over here and get it? Wagner responded. Okay, so clearly things not going well in the DeSantis campaign. Um, and, you know, I, this article, I'll read you this one more paragraph from this article, and then, I'll, and then I'll give you my sense of what's going on here. Um, the super PAC never backed down, pulled down its ad in Iowa after polling and focus groups showed they weren't working, according to two sources familiar with the decision. Even worse, Never Back Down's leaders concluded that the spots were backfiring on DeSantis. Voters readily connected him to the Super PAC, which has heavily promoted its sponsorship of its travel, his advertising, his grassroots organization. So here's the thing, folks. Um, I'm sure you've seen DeSantis' campaign where he goes everywhere with that bus. You know, that bus is everywhere. Says Never Back Down on it. But DeSantis is, first of all, Rich, Rich Barris and I told you about this, that you cannot attack Trump and still maintain your approval numbers. You can't. And I don't care what the establishment GOP says. I don't care what the media says. I don't care what pollsters say who've been doing this for 20 years, but have beltway brain. They're all wrong about this stuff. President Trump is the unquestioned leader of the Republican Party. And, and love him or hate him, it's absolute fact. And he is widely beloved by the base. And Rich refers to these people, and I agree with him, as Trump or bust voters. These people cannot and will not ever be swayed away from President Trump with any sort of political ad. Why? I've explained this before, and I'll explain it again uh, to folks who might be watching from Red Voice Media. Uh, because all of these people who were frustrated with the direction of our country, who are frustrated with our border not being secured, who are frustrated with, with, with the unbelievable amount of taxes that we have in this country, who are frustrated with our infrastructure in cities completely collapsing, who, who are frustrated with the state of this country and, and, and the fact that our tax dollars weren't being spent on America, but being sent over to countries who hate us. All of those people existed before Trump came along. Trump is this the natural end state. He's the personification of all of their views. So therefore, Trump cannot be those people, which make up a significant percentage of the Republican base. Those people cannot and cannot ever be swayed from Trump because they predispose Trump. Trump is just representative of their views, and he has never, and I mean never, betrayed them. And and so, 
you know, so much of this, like DeSantis has a hundred million dollars. I'm reminded a lot of the 2016 race with Jeb Bush, uh, who had hundreds of millions of dollars and none of it worked. Uh, and the same is true for DeSantis. So in many ways, as good as a governor as DeSantis has been, it was never going to happen for him. He was never going to be able to beat Donald Trump at his own game. He, he couldn't. Everything I just told you, Trump's the unquestioned leader of the party. But everywhere President Trump goes, he is by far the dominant figure in the room. He sucks all the air out of the room. I mean, like just look at the if you don't believe me, look at the empirical facts with regards to ratings data when Trump is on television. When he when he I guarantee you, if Trump decides to debate this fourth debate that Megyn Kelly and News Nation is hosting. Um, by the way, uh, Trump has they, they've thrown that out there that Trump is considering going on the stage. I don't think he should because none of these candidates have even now the, the the gap between the polling is so significant. And I'll get into that in a second. So stay tuned. But why should why should Trump open himself up to attacks to a bunch of single digit heroes? I mean, none of these people who are even competitive with President Trump. I don't think that like these people are a bunch of ankle biters. They're either they're either hoping that Trump gets thrown in jail or vying for vice president or position is in, in his administration. There's no reason why Trump should lower himself to debate those people. But when Trump was debating, anytime the guys on television ratings go through the roof, there's a reason for that. Trump brings a lot of eyeballs, but his base absolutely loves him. Without Trump on the stage, the Republican national debates have been a joke. The ratings have gone down in historic fashion. In 2016 and in 2020, when President Trump was going on Fox News all the time, uh, before Fox News sort of stabbed Trump in the back, uh, when he was going on Fox News all the time, their ratings were through the roof. People love President Trump. So uh, it was never going to happen for DeSantis, even though we heard all this stuff leading leading up to the presidential race about how DeSantis was going to be a, he's going to be able to compete with President Trump. Uh, clearly, that hasn't happened. Um, but let's pivot to President Trump here for a second, because he's he's crushing it. And, uh, you know, Biden's birthday was yesterday, turned 81 years old. Trump is 77. So Trump is just a just a little bit younger. But my gosh, now, to be fair, everybody ages differently, right? So the fact that Trump is four years younger than Biden and Biden is 81 years old, who's basically an animated corpse, these two people couldn't have a different energy level. I mean, I could show you one supercut after the next of Biden falling up the stairs on Air Force One or tripping on stage and falling over a sandbag or just slurring his words so badly because he's taken too much of his meds or he's on too many drugs. And I mean, you know, drugs that they use to keep him going throughout the day. Um, or one gap after the next. But I'm telling you, I've been on stage with President Trump. I've seen this guy operate. I've been in the room with this guy. I one time stand on the stage with Trump and, you know, peace sign and autographs for people. And again, he's he's just the most electrifying figure in in politics in the last hundred years. I mean, I, I just I'm telling you, I, I firmly believe that. And I think that history will remember him as that. Um but I was watching people, him signing autographs, and somebody took a pen just like this, like a Sharpie, tossed it up on stage, and Trump snatches it right out of the air. He's probably 76 at the time. But can you imagine Biden doing something like that? It would be absolutely crazy. And so I think people are starting to notice you know, Biden's age, certainly people on the left, and what they're trying to do 
is use an argument about Biden's age and the fact that he can't handle it and the fact that he's not aging well and the fact that he's, you know, his age leads to incompetence and the American people see it. They're using that as a reason why um, Trump is rising in the polls. But I don't think it's just it. But but when people start talking about this again, not necessarily on this show. But when mainstream leftists start talking about this, that's when you're going to start to see a sway in sentiment away from Joe Biden, which is why I think the Democrats are in panic mode and why they're looking for a viable option. So Bill Maher, um, a couple of days ago, had uh, Donna Brazile and Adam Kinzinger on his show, and a lot of liberals watch Bill Maher's show. So they're exposed to stuff like this where their sentiment could be potentially swayed. But this is a very interesting back and forth with Bill Maher and Donna Brazil uh, that I want you to see. Go ahead and roll the tape. Prominent Democrats like David Axelrod calling for Biden to, quote, get out or get going. Did he say that? Get out or get going? Uh, I believe in a tweet or two and some stuff. Look, mm, people that's... think that Joe Biden is 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 perhaps too old. They are right. Perhaps. <laughs> don't, don't spill the water. Something might come out of it. Uh, <laughs> It's not, I, I, you know, everyone ages differently. I agree. I've said, and, and, you know, so, so Betty White lived to be 99. No. Mick Jagger is still twisting his ass. Mr. Right. No, I have been the one making that case year after year here against ageism. I always said it's a case by case basis. It's but, a case by case. But for case. that argument to have teeth, it all, you also have to be the person who can go, yeah, but this is the case. And it, I, I've said it before. Do I think Joe Biden can do the job? Absolutely. Yes. I don't think he can win the job. And that's what I care about. He's going to lose because the people think he's too old and perception is reality. Yeah, I mean, so I do think that people believe, especially independents, that Joe Biden is too old. But there's something else at play here, folks, and I don't hear it talked about enough. This is the first time in American history where you have two incumbents running, two presidential incumbents running against one another who both have 100% name ID. And I think that, that, yes, it's generally true that people think that Biden is old, right? But the Democrats also make the argument that Trump is old, right? But clearly Trump is, is a young 77, okay? There's a big difference in their comportment and the way that they carry themselves and the way that they talk. But there, because of that, there's something else at play here. And I think it's a very, very simple thing. I think that people in this country are saying, well, I remember what it was like when Trump was president. And I know what it's like when Biden was president because I'm living through it right now. And I think people look at the price of gas under Trump. I think people look at the price of food under Trump, the cost of living under Trump, that they, they, they see that America was strong, that our enemies feared us. They saw the war against the police conducted by the radical left, and they saw President Trump stand up for the police and stand up for our military. So I, I think that people, and you, of course, you look at what's happening with Biden and the economy is in complete shambles. Inflation is at 16%. Now, Biden will say it's coming down, but that means it's at 14%. Uh, people are having trouble putting food on the table for their families. It's, it's, it's really difficult to fill up your car 
with gasoline. There's polling out there that say 41% of Americans are curtailing their driving because gasoline costs so much. The cost of, of living is impacting the pe- the way that people in this country live, where they're having to make tough decisions about what they spend their money on. And I think that Americans are looking at these two incumbent presidents and saying very simply, look, I might not like everything that President Trump has to say, uh, but my life was much better under President Trump. And I think it's that simple. And I think that that is why President Trump is surging in the polling. And, And look, even MSNBC is forced to admit that President Trump is polling well with groups that he has been underwater by 26 points. Check out NBC, MSNBC, having to recognize these facts on their show. Check it out. Here it is. Donald Trump, we have at 46 percent. Biden, 44. And this is significant because this is the first time in the history of our poll that former President Trump beats President Biden still within the margin of error, but still significant. Yeah, it's 2019, 2020, when Trump was president, he trailed all of them. This year, he's trailed all of them in our poll. First time in more than a dozen polls, we've seen a result like this. Some of the other ingredients that go into that, Biden has long had an advantage over Trump on likability. Look, at the start of this year, 39% said they had a positive view of Biden, barely 30 of Trump. We've seen consistently a gap like this. Now the gap is gone. 36 positive on both and actually Biden one point more negative than Trump. That's been a significant advantage for Biden. Our poll says that advantage, at least for now, may be gone. And we talked about younger voters on foreign policy, and it's true on a host of other topics. Disaffected with Joe Biden. We have 46 percent for Trump, 42 percent for Biden among the youngest voters. The youngest voters in the 2020 election were Biden plus 26. This could be a massive sea change. And if you take a look here too, all, everybody sort of says, hey, I'm not too new. Right, so th- th- Trump was underwater by 26 points with people from 18 to 34. And now he's up by a few points. That is not a statistical anomaly, folks. That is a seismic shift demographic shift in polling. It's well outside the margin of error. That demographic could very well. Now, it's a year out. Anything can change in a year. But that number shift is unbelievable. And I think it's because you have these you have high schoolers who are graduating or college kids who are graduating that are coming out and, you know, make it. I made thirty five thousand dollars a year as a second lieutenant in the military in my first job. And, you know, 20 years ago, I could I could rent. I could had a car payment. I could pay my insurance. Now you come out making thirty five thousand dollars a year, forty thousand dollars a year in your first job, even as a college grad. And with inflation at 16 percent, I mean. And, and rent that's that's skyrocketing all over the country. I mean, these young kids are getting priced out of the housing market and can no longer afford the American dream. When you have these kids coming out, working their ass off, being saddled with all this student loan debt, and their dollar doesn't go in far, it doesn't go as far because of reckless spending by Joe Biden, it, they they start to shift their sentiment. Things are getting so bad for this demographic that they are radically shifting their se- sentiment, preferring instead for a guy like Trump who can get this economy on the right track. I'm telling you, folks, the 18 to 34 demo is always historically one where Republicans get their asses kicked, but not so for President Trump. And that is an unbelievable shift in the polling. 
new polling out um, from Harvard Harris, uh, Trump 67 in the GOP primary, 67. The guy is almost at 70 percent in the GOP primary. Why the hell is this primary still going on? You have a bunch of these other single digit candidates. You, it's it's over. It's over. I mean, call it. I mean, it's crazy to me. Trump's almost at 70 percent. DeSantis at nine, down two, Haley at eight, Ramaswamy at five, Christie three. OK, head to head. OK, because everyone's like, well, if everyone dropped out, DeSantis could beat Trump. Head to head, Trump 75, DeSantis 25. So Trump gets way over 70% when it's head to head against DeSantis. Um, Head to head against Haley, Trump 81%, Haley 19%. So Trump went head to head against Haley 81%. So you mean to tell me you have people in this party that say that Trump isn't the unquestioned leader of the Republican Party? Folks, he is. It's over. In 2016, you had an excuse. In 2024, going into 2023, 2024, you don't have an excuse anymore. Get on board the Trump train because it's leaving the freaking station. <laughs> the national poll, again, the morning, morning po- uh, consult poll, and this one's really important. And Savage Rich Barris is all online talking about it today. But this is one where President Trump has never been up, ever. Not one single time. As uh, a general election poll, um, there you go. Uh, thanks, David. Trump, 44, up three over Biden at 41. OK, and then the GOP primary, Trump, 66, DeSantis, 13. So Trump's up 50, uh, 53 points. Um, but the reason why this is important is you look at the morning consult poll, uh, the pollster scorecard from 2020, the national they had national Biden, 52, Trump, 44. OK, so they had Biden up by a significant margin in 2020. So just keep in mind these numbers that I just read you now. Right. The, the Trump winning. But Biden, 52, Trump, 44. Actual results are Biden, 51, Trump, 47. Let's look at Arizona. Biden, 49, Trump, 46. The actual result was Biden, 49.4, Trump, 49.1. Florida, Biden, 52, Trump, 45. Yeah, right. Morning console. But like Biden was going to win Florida. It actually was Trump, 51.2 to Biden, 47.8. But you look at Michigan, Biden, 52 to Trump, 45. Michigan was Biden 50 to Trump 47. This is again in 2020. But you look at let's look at Pennsylvania. Biden 52, Trump 43. So you have you have Biden up by nine points in 2020. And the actual result was Biden, uh, Biden at 50, Trump 48.8. So a very narrow margin of victory uh, in 2020. But now you have Trump 44 to Biden 43 a year out in the morning consult poll where they oversample Democrats. I mean, the morning consult is notorious for oversampling of Democrats, folks. You have Trump up by three a year out. Absolutely. It's a bloodbath for Democrats and they know it. They know it. And that's exactly why they're ratcheting up this irresponsible rhetoric. And one of the worst people with some of this crazy radical rhetoric has been uh, Morning Joe, uh, Joe Scarborough and Micah. Um, but I'm going to show you a couple clips from them. But just just roll this first one where Morning Joe is talking about uh, fascism. Go ahead and check this out. I just want to go through again this New York Times article and let's just go, let's just go through them um, because it, it's time that fascism is called fascism and Americans know exactly what they're voting for. And, you know, I, I've heard people uh, poo poo this and go, oh, people on the far left. Now, I'm 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 a conservative. I'm on the right. 
I, I, there's a difference between conservatism, radicalism, and fascism. This is fascism. This is this is uh, the Times uh, quotes. Uh, an expert on the topic, fascism is generally understood, and this is boilerplate stuff, really, for what fascism is. Fascism is generally understood as an authoritarian, far-right system of government in which hypernationalism is a central component. Check. It also features a cult of personality around a strongman leader. Check. The justification of violence or retribution against opponents. Check. And the repeated denigration of the rule of law. Check. Said Peter Hayes, a historian who was studied the rise of fascism. Past fascist leaders appealed to a sense of victimhood to justify their actions. Check. We're entitled because we've been robbed. We've been victimized. We've been cheated and robbed. Check, check, check. The whining, the snowflakery coming from the Trump people. I mean, a, a, a snowflake falls on their shoulders and, and they're victimized. Uh, they're victimized by history books on Hank Aaron. Uh, they're victimized by, by, by kids' books uh, on Roberto Clemente. They're victimized by tweets. They're victimized. You name it. They are victimized by everything. They are such weak snowflakes and they're using that victimization to justify violence against their opponents, John. They're talking about you, folks. You Trump people. <laughs> the disdain that you have for the media, folks, is not nearly enough. These people are some of the most loathsome degenerates that you will ever lay eyes on. And by the way, Joe, you ain't conservative, buddy. Okay, you ain't fooling any of us. Um, if you thought that was crazy, believe me when I tell you, it gets worse. <laughs> wait, wait until you see this this next bit that Joe Scarbo says. Go ahead and roll this. Frame this uh, as uh, Joe Biden being the candidate that supports American democracy and Donald Trump, a candidate who supports a new form of government here, this authoritarian. It's really that simple. And by the way, Reverend Al, when people go, oh, you can't compare him he to past Nazi leaders. You can't compare him to this past Nazi leader or that past fascist leader because he hasn't done that. Well, what hasn't he done? He hasn't done the things that the American judicial system did not allow him to do last time, but may very well allow him to do this time or a judicial system that will be ignored by Donald Trump and ran over by Donald Trump to create the greatest constitutional crisis of our lifetimes. Just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he won't do it when he gets a chance to do it. He's and if he has well. voted into office, then a lot of these people that are talking about literal or figurative or whatever the hell they're saying, you're going to look like idiots. Uh, because he will do, he will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, uh, 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 drive from the country. Uh, just look at his path. I'm sorry. That is batshit crazy. And that kind of rhetoric is just irresponsible. And that should just show you just how afraid the media is 
Anytime the media starts to act insane like this, that should be a signal to how effective a given Republican is. And this is crazy level 10 rhetoric that's actually dangerous. I mean, it was rhetoric like this uh, from MSNBC that gave rise to the that radical commie mouth breathing Bernie Sanders supporter who shot up a baseball field and almost killed Steve Scalise because he believed in the Russia collusion hoax that was that was perpetrated by these these disgusting degenerate media types. I never heard him apologize for that, by the way. Uh, But this kind of rhetoric causes violence. And by the way, Trump was already president. He didn't do any of that stuff. So where the hell? What the hell are you talking about? It's irresponsible. You should be ashamed of yourself. Again, Trump is the only one that's out there talking about peace. Trump is the only one that's out there talking about putting our country first. Trump is the only one that's out there trying to talk about talking about stopping people from dying and and holding our enemies accountable and celebrating our allies, but putting this country first. It's absolutely sickening what the media the media is just again. It's impossible to hate them too much. Um, but Cassidy Hutchinson, who is again, this this woman is is a serial liar, uh, told the she was a low level staffer in the White House uh, who didn't have any insider information on what President Trump was talking about. She wasn't a senior level staff member. She's just making things up to get famous and write a book and make lots of money off of that. Now she's a political pundit, uh, still a conservative, but a useful idiot of the left and goes on left wing shows to trash conservatives and Donald Trump. This is the crazy person who made up the steering wheel, uh, the steering wheel story about President Trump when he was in the with the Secret Service and the beast, you know, that big armored lim- presidential limousine that Trump tried to grab the wheel and turn. I mean, absolutely insane, complete and total lie. Um, but here she is talking about uh, why we should vote against Donald Trump and the fact that our democracy won't survive if we if we if we vote in President Trump. Go ahead and roll this tape. I know you've been reluctant to say who you're going to vote for, but would are you leaving the door open to voting for Joe Biden if it's between the two of them? I will say my door is completely shut to voting for Donald Trump. And the only reason that I will not endorse a candidate right now is because I still am hopeful that Donald Trump does not end up being the nominee next year. I think our country will be in a much better place overall, not just for myself, but the ticket and the future of our country will be. But what I will say, too, though, is I think everybody should vote for Joe Biden if they want our democracy to survive. (laughs) Well, I got news for you, honey. Uh, And I don't want to be, you know, I got news for you. Trump's going to be the nominee. (laughs) He's going to be the nominee. And as of right now, he's going to beat Joe Biden. And no amount of whining and lying is going to change that. I mean, again, it's a year out. A lot can happen. Um, But these Democrats, folks, I'm just telling you, they're in full-blown panic. And the rhetoric that they're using right now, not only is it hyperbolic, but it's getting dangerous. And I'm about to show you why. You're a Democrat in Congress who... uh, was going on television uh, just a couple days ago, said something that really shook me to my core that needs to be widely condemned and I, I would say investigated by the Secret Service. Go ahead and check this out. 
Every time he talks, he's uh, putting himself into a bigger criminal hole. Uh, but the, but his, that's not his objective. His objective mm. is purely political at this point. Uh, politics don't work in a courtroom, as I think he's finding out in the mm. New York attorney general's case in New York, a civil case. And, and that's going to continue in his criminal trials. But his rhetoric is really getting dangerous, more and more dangerous. And we saw what happened on January 6th when he uses inflammatory rhetoric now and his recent true social post uh, is incredibly, incredibly scary for anyone uh, that might be trying to op work in government. And um, it is just uh, unquestionable at this point that that man cannot see public office again. He is not only unfit, he is destructive to our democracy, uh, and he has to be uh, he has to be eliminated. He has to be eliminated. Now, we can give them, give Dan Goldman the benefit of the doubt and say that he just meant politically. But how do you think these, cratical, these crazy, radical communists are going to perceive that? You say that Trump needs to be eliminated. I mean, I, I don't think I, I, I don't think that they mean like vote him out. I think to me, it seems like they're talking about something a hell of a lot worse. And that should be condemned by everybody. And I'm telling you, folks, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I worry about President Trump's safety. I really do. Because nothing that the Democrats are doing is working. They tried to destroy him with all these hoaxes, with two impeachments. They tried to destroy him with the January 6th committee. They tried to destroy his legacy by lying about January 6th, which is now we know is a complete and total lie now that the January 6th tapes have been out there. They're trying to throw the guy in prison. They're trying to do everything possible to destroy this man, yet he continues to get more popular. So now you have these whack jobs like Goldman saying, oh, Trump's you know, he's not fit to serve in office. Well, I would say that you're you're calling for a political opponent to be eliminated, a political opponent to be eliminated. Maybe you're the one that's not fit to be in office. And these Democrats, they're ruthless. They play for keeps, folks. And that's why we do what we do. Try to get the truth out there about them, because. It's high time that Republicans recognize that Democrats are an existential threat to this country. That you just saw one that's saying that Trump needed to be eliminated. Now, again, his comm shop will probably come out and say, oh, he just meant, oh, he just meant out the ballot box. Okay, fine, but you didn't say that. He needs to be beat in the primary. Republicans need to figure out how to. You know, eliminate Trump by defeating him at the ballot box. You didn't say that. You said Trump needs to be eliminated. And that's a terrible, evil thing to say. And so, folks, you know, I, I want to thank you for for being with us for the hour. Uh, I'm super grateful for for your time. Uh, as always, like this video, subscribe to this show, share it with your friends. Remember the new mission, right? I've got shorts out that I'm publishing on Rumble. Uh, you can take those shorts. You can share them with your friends, post them on your social media. That helps me defeat these radical commie mouth breathing uh, big tech oligarchs who, who are censoring me and shadow banning me. So, so again, Join the movement. Get in the trenches with us. This show is and will always be for you. It is 
and will always be about saving this great country. Um, up next on Red Voice Media, we have the great Drew Berquist. He's on from six to nine. He's a hell of a guy, one hell of a conservative. And he's got a great team over there. So if you're looking for stuff to do from six to nine, or you just listen for great conservative content, go check out Drew because he's a great guy. Uh, but as always, thank you for tuning in uh, for this hour. I'll see you tomorrow night at five. Uh, God bless you all. And God bless this amazing country that we call home. Take care.